Hello, friends. This is Jen Dean, and you're listening to The Gardenia Project. Like, like you wouldn't know that. But just in case this started playing automatically after, you know, like, your favorite murder or the Robcast or whatever, I am recording from my closet office, my usual spot, but it does feel a tad more secluded than usual. Since I am spending so much more time in my house right now, just like all of you. Sometimes hearing my own voice is a surprise to me. Do you feel that too? Yeah, these are wild times. I'm up one moment and down the next. You with me? Stephanie and I, my producer, got talking and we decided we'd really like to create a podcast with your voice, what you're experiencing during this pandemic. We narrowed it down to two ideas. So the first one is we'd love for you to tell us what's something you're doing right now that you don't normally do. Maybe it's something that you've taken up that you love, or maybe it's something that you're embarrassed about that you're having a hard time with. A secret, like you're binge watching Real Housewives or you're eating dairy again when you shouldn't really be doing that. Or maybe you're not talking to anyone because you don't like talking to anyone. What is something that is sort of a secret right now? And then on the flip side, what is something you've learned? Whether it's something about yourself or something you're learning to do, something that you were surprised by. We would love to hear these stories. You can record them into a voice memo or any other voice recorder, and you can email them to me, jen at jendeanphoto.com. And that email address is also on my website. And we're going to create a podcast from the stories that I am sure will be funny and inspiring and real and raw. And now to Megan Joe's story. Just want you rock stars to take a minute before we go do this and think about that moment that we talked and you said, yes, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Remember that moment? <laughs> Here don't, it is. Don't, don't send me back there. I'm <laughs> Here it is. You who courageously said, I'm going for it. You're about to do that thing. So I just want to acknowledge you for your courage and your sass and your brilliance. So what you're hearing is Megan Joe Wilson preparing a group of women who are about to go up on stage to perform. Most of these women have never been on a stage before. Many are scared or feeling vulnerable and unsure. But Megan is there to help them overcome their doubts and get on that stage no matter what. That same courage is something that she needed for a long time in her life. And now she's providing it to women around the country and around the world through her rockstar camp. Last May, I was one of the women standing in a small room above a stage in Portland, Maine, about to go and sing my heart out. And I was terrified. Even after eight weeks of training on every aspect of being brave and connecting back to myself and using my voice, I was still scared. When I first heard Megan Joe's name, it was from an acquaintance that I was having coffee with who said, I had to meet Megan Joe because I reminded her of Megan. Within a short time, I heard her name repeatedly. So I went to her website and I read about Rockstar Camp and honestly, I promptly burst into tears. I couldn't think of anything more terrifying 
and at the same time kind of thrilling as getting up on stage to sing. And I knew that this was the next right thing for me to do. Throughout the camp with Megan, she was our fearless leader. She was confident and strong and what I consider to be a real badass. But she was also raw and honest and vulnerable, which I loved. I was curious how she got here, because if I've learned anything from interviewing countless women, what I know is that no one is born a leader, especially not in our society where women are taught to be meek and humble and quiet and good. We're all supposed to be good girls. I think it's important to remember that confidence is a journey. So here's Megan's journey. Buckle up, because it's got a lot of twists and turns. I've always been a girl, teenager, and woman who sang. <laughs> and I've always been a girl, teenager, woman who loved to perform. And I've always been a child, teenager, and woman who prayed and had a very active faith that's looked a lot of different ways, but has always been there. And as a female on earth who has tried to figure out how to express herself in a world that reflects her flaws so consistently. So I grew up the youngest of five kids and um, we didn't I mean, you'd have to have a whole lot of fucking money to have every five kids feel like they, there was plenty to go around. Um, so I was raised in a really chaotic, loving, scrappy, mostly kids sort of taking care of ourselves environment. And I think I was also gifted with very low tolerance for boredom. <laughs> <laughs> So school for me was extraordinarily boring because if you are a person of talent and creativity in a public school, you're mostly invisible because you're doing well and your grades are great. So you're just thumbs up, keep going. And then you're blessed, hopefully, to meet a teacher who says, oh, you have a gift. I'm going to see how far I can push it. And... um he was a teacher of theater, and that was that was huge for me. Um, very demanding, very emotional, very passionate. I think that what I've always loved about the arts and performance or any kind of creative expression is it's a space where drama is celebrated. In the other areas of our lives, emotion, emoting, anything is like people don't know how to handle it if you're overly emoting especially rage or grief it's like ah, what do I do here so I loved places where that was encouraged and um, after high school I went through a very dark period for about a year where I just felt so 
I guess it really is lost, as people say, just completely confused about what to do with these gifts and talents because the world, at least my world, reflected back to me, being an artist is not a viable option. If you are an artist, you identify as an artist, and the world says the only way to be an artist is starving. And yet that's what I was. So what do you do? What does one do? Well, one, in my case, works in a bagel shop. Works in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Let's go through the list of all the jobs you had as an artist. One year I had nine. That year I think it was a farmer, cook. Oh, I worked in a flower shop. I was playing music, so I had some income through music. I was making wreaths. I was doing temp jobs. I was doing part-time corporate stuff. And, uh... I just thought, I guess I'll do drugs. (laughs) And I will be very scrappy with um, how to make rent. And college, of course, was on the table. But what college should I go to? An art college? What what am I going to do with an arts degree? For a while, Megan thought she wanted to be a puppeteer. And she actually got into Oberlin College to study puppeteering. And then she changed her mind. She spent a few years wandering around trying to figure out what was next until, as she says, her mother kind of knocked some sense into her. My mother kind of like grabbed me by the hair almost and said, you're going to college. We're done. Or I'm not supporting you anymore. Ooh, what an act of love. She went to Hampshire College, a hippie school with no grades and no tests. But she hated it. And then she went to the University of Southern Maine and made up her own degree, media and communication. But she graduated college basically just as confused as before she started. Then, with another push from a family member, she was sent in yet another direction. My brother, who I'm very close with, came home from a coach training. And I was like, basketball coach? Like, what is he doing? I didn't know he was into that. And um, he was like a different man when he came back from this training. His energy was like, bam, his energy was, and he was like, all your doubts and fears are just gremlins. And they're just thoughts that are getting in the way and anything's possible. And he started doing yoga. And he was, I mean, this is like my jockey, sweetheart, journalist brother was like, fired up about coaching and he said listen you've got to go do this training it's what you've been doing your whole life you have a natural gift for it you can make a living out of this you could work for yourself just trust me here's the gift certificate just go in case you don't know much about coaching here's the nutshell thomas leonard was an american financial planner and he's acknowledged as the first person to develop coaching as a profession in the 1980s. He observed that his clients, even if they were emotionally stable and hardly needing therapy, wanted more from him than just the usual tips on how to invest and how to safeguard their incomes. They wanted help in organizing their lives, in planning and achieving their goals. So he moved into coaching, he wrote a book, And then in the early 1990s, he founded the first formal coach training program. 
Since then, coaching has become accepted worldwide as a way to grow your self-awareness and your business. Personally speaking, I worked with several amazing coaches and my life and my business both have grown exponentially because of the work I did with them. I spent three days in a live training with 24 other professionals who are mostly almost twice my age and I wasn't that I, I was like these people are very strange <laughs> <laughs> I loved the teachers but I was like I don't know if this is for me until the last day and I had one of those experiences people call them downloads now I never called them downloads I was just like that's God and the download was so intense that I was having a physiological response. So I started having tremors and um, tears, like not crying, but tears just falling out of my eyes. And I got very, very dizzy. And I knew without any shadow of a doubt, this is the work you're meant to do in the world. This is it. This is it. So, <laughs> amazing, but then it's like, here's the thing about um, downloads. <laughs> you get them, and then you're like, what the fuck do I do now? You may have had friends in the past who said that the universe sent them a message that they needed to start a business. Or maybe they said everything just fell into place because that's what the universe wanted. What those friends may not be telling you is that if the universe is sending you a message, it's not exactly telling you how to execute the message. And things, you know, they cost money. I can't afford these trainings. They were very expensive for someone making $12,000 a year. I think each weekend was like $4,000. And I worked in the restaurant industry, so I'm going to a personal growth training for three days. Okay, chef? Like, fuck you, you're going to a personal growth training for four days on the weekend? I don't think so. So it was um, a huge leap of faith and a ton of, a ton of struggle, a ton, a ton, a ton of doubting and failures and mistakes that I, and that doesn't end, I mean... When we say struggle, I'm talking fetal position, screaming, I can't do this struggle. <laughs> like, yeah, let's be clear. like, this is not like, I don't really feel like working today. It's like dark night of the soul type shit. And uh, the kind of doubt that is like so tempting to give into. Megan was always good at being scrappy, so she did what she always did. She worked multiple jobs to pay for her trainings. Meanwhile, she's also working on her music. She's performing at local venues, she's writing songs, and putting together an album. She also decides to get her master's in creative writing. But around this time, when she's basically doing 10 things at once already, there's yet another plot twist. You know when you have these dreams and you wake up and you're like, yes, I'm that's that's what I'm supposed to do. So I have this dream, like a sleeping dream, that I was supposed to be a martial artist. And I woke up, I told my boyfriend Bill at the time, honey, I'm supposed to be a martial artist. 
And then, you know, like you wake up at six and then by like eight, you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? I don't even like martial arts. I don't know anything about martial arts. I care nothing about it. I swear to you the next day, my brother, yet again, who's now working at Main Biz in Portland says, dude, you've got to check out this martial arts studio. I just interviewed this woman who works there. It's called Riverview Foundation. It's spiritual warriorship program. They meditate in the sand and they do qigong with trees and they punch rivers and they like do flying kicks through mountains. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay, I am supposed to go to fucking Riverview Foundation because I just had this dream the day before. from one of our new sponsors. Kate Bathurst Coaching helps mission-driven women reclaim their intuition and reconnect to themselves so that they can make a difference in the world and feel fully alive while doing so. She supports her clients to step boldly into the next phase of their life, work, and growth with clarity, confidence, and grace that come with making decisions from a place of deep connection. Now, while she wrote that for me to tell you, I will say that I have personally worked with Kate, and those words are so true. We've been working together for about a year, and she has profoundly shifted the way I move in the world and in my business. It's really surprising to me to see the effect of working with her has had. She helped me quickly launch my new course for my business by helping me get through some really big blocks that I had. And she helped me reach some goals exponentially faster than I have been able to do on my own. So if the next chapter of your life is calling and you want to bring in the most vibrant and purposeful self to it, but you're not sure where to start, please call Kate to begin the transformative process of increasing your impact and your joy. I'll have the link on the website and blog um, and the Podbean app, but you can find her at her name, Kate, K-A-T-E, Bathras. B-A-T-H-R-A-S coaching.com. And now back to the podcast. Now the martial arts training isn't just sort of a fun after work hobby. It's a serious traditional school where you go, you commit yourself to becoming a martial artist not just physically, but mentally as well. It's essentially like getting a PhD in martial arts without the fancy title. So Megan can't exactly become a black belt while she's studying creative writing. So she has to make a tough choice. That was a fun conversation with my parents. (laughs) Hi, mom and dad. I'm not going to get a master's. I'm going to get a black belt. Megan spends the next nine years studying in this martial arts program. She's taking coaching trainings And she's working a lot to pay for all of this. But she wasn't just paying for classes. She was investing in herself. You would earn your degrees based on not just how many kicks you could do, but if you are living the martial way. So the founder really wanted to build a school that was rooted in traditional nature-based martial arts. What it taught me is that my life is worth saving. 
yeah, I cried every class for the first year and I couldn't figure out why. I was a white belt and the the teacher at the time after class one day kind of coached me to that awareness. Like what why is this so hard for me? It's like cuz what you're doing underneath that is saying if someone wants to take my life, I want to protect it. It's worth saving. That was huge because I really had so much self-loathing on so many levels before that. And then it also taught me grit and discipline. And there are so many times now where I say I can do anything for an hour because I went through some of the most intense physical, mental, emotional, I mean, crawling through mud, worms in my hair, hot sun, sand pits for an hour. And so now I'm like, okay, I can sit down and do a business plan for an hour, <laughs> right? If I could do that for an hour, it, it gave me the idea that discipline could be freeing. So right now, all these tributaries are running for Megan. She's starting her own coaching business. She's a fierce feminist. She's performing, writing her own music, practicing martial arts. But they're all separate parts of her until one day it all comes together. It was December 2017, and Megan was singing at a big holiday performance with her band, The Fog Cutters. After the show, a woman came up to her and said that she would give anything to be on the stage. This wasn't new. People had said this sort of thing to Megan all the time, but for some reason that day something clicked. She asked herself, why couldn't this woman get on stage and sing her heart out? Anyone who's willing to take the chance should have the opportunity. Megan knew she was armed with coaching experience and entrepreneurship experience and singing experience, and now she had a network of artists and musicians. It occurred to her that she could make this happen. But of course, it wasn't as easy as coming up with an idea. Creating Rockstar Camp was a huge process. I noticed how much time I was spending fantasizing about quitting. And when I mean say quit, I mean ending Rockstar Camp, burn it all down. I'm going back to a restaurant. This is too much work. This is too hard. I don't know what I'm doing. What if it doesn't work? No one signed up. I'm in the red. I realized I was spending a lot of time, mental energy, thinking about quitting. And I said, "What? I wonder what would happen if I just stopped doing that. And it made a huge, huge difference. I just don't even contemplate it anymore. It goes back to the martial arts idea. There's freedom in discipline. And that's what Megan found when she created Rockstar Camp. She helped other women find their freedom as well. Here's the thing. When people first hear about the idea or the name Rockstar Camp, you think that maybe there's some training in there on how to sing. Even after I read about it and I signed up, I assumed there might be some training. But really, Megan's coaching work is about using your voice. As in standing up for your truths, valuing yourself in every aspect of your life. The stage is just a metaphor for doing this big thing that you're afraid to do because of being judged. Rockstar Camp was a big training in how to live in alignment with using your voice in a big, bold way on an everyday basis. The reason that most of us don't know how to use our voice 
is because we were repeatedly shamed or silenced in all sorts of ways. Many of those ways may have been traumatic. I think Rockstar Camp is about healing trauma on so many different levels. You know, I think every woman on earth experiences trauma in some form because we don't live in a supportive environment. And sometimes we don't even see that because it's like just the air we breathe and we think that's just how it is. What I've known my whole life, and especially since doing Rockstar Camp, is that singing is the act of singing no matter what, no matter what pitch it is, no matter what, is a healing experience for the body and the spirit. I know it because I've seen it, right? You've seen it, experienced it. It's profound. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm very interested in the physiology of it. So, I mean, who knows? My prayer every morning is how would you have me be used? And uh, I'm still open to that. That's where I'm at now. In my experience, motivational speakers and successful people, including those in the self-help coaching world, often can make it seem that the path to success is straight. You just keep working toward your goal. I mean, that's assuming you even know exactly what your goal is. And then after that, at some point, something magical and amazing happens and everything's awesome. The reality is the path to success is complicated and confusing and involves a lot of what the fuck moments where you think, where am I going and how do I make this work? Women are often pitted against each other because they can't afford to show their weaknesses to anyone. I love that Rockstar Camp is about showcasing our vulnerabilities and that real power is in being vulnerable and in using your voice. Every bit of Megan Joe's training throughout her life led her to the path that she's on now. It wasn't easy and it wasn't straight, but these things that she learned helped her create something that she loves. Discipline. One foot in front of the other, even and especially when you don't think you can do it, that you're not sure where you're going, that's the journey. And a life that's lived in alignment with your highest values and desires, that's right where Megan is sitting. If you want to learn more about Megan and the Rockstar Camp, the links are going to be on the Gardenia Project page of the website, jendinephotography.com. Don't know what to do.
A huge thank you, as always, to my fantastic producer, Stephanie Cohn, to Keith Kenneth of Unseen Music for the theme music, and Megan Joe Wilson for letting us use the song Struggle that you're listening to right now. 